0: It's time to catalog minor catastrophes, tell our real life terrors, and manifest some mayhem.
1: That's right. Let's crack open the anxiety encyclopedia. I'm Catherine McNally. I'm Lorian Miguel. Welcome. We're gonna I'm gonna be telling you a spooky story today, Lorian, because is it is spooky season, which is my favorite season. It is. We're in fact recording this on October 1st. And it's going to be good, like spooky season has been underway for our listeners. So I'm going to be telling you about Axe Murders. Ooh, that is spooky. Mm-hmm. We're going to mostly look at one story, but we'll look at like a couple other, you know, popular. Is Ax it Lizzie murders, Borden? A classic. No, it's not. But I will be mentioning her. This one is a German one, so just like prepare yourself for me to say every single German name incorrectly. I don't know if it's better that I'm German, like partially German. So do I get a pass, or is it even worse because I should know? It's better and worse. Okay, I'm also partially
0: German. I'm not going to know how to say me either. It's better because it's like less offensive but more embarrassing, is what I would say.
1: Okay, because that makes sense. That's my sweet spot. That's where I want to live. Me too. (laughs)
0: <laughs> i aim i shoot for less offensive more embarrassing in my everyday life.
1: <laughs> oh gosh i don't feel like i need to do a content warning because like right up top i told you it's ax murdering but just in case you know there's murder there's some bludgeoning so uh if you don't like that don't listen to this all right so these are the hinter k murders so 70 kilometers or 43 miles north Thank of Munich. You. Oh, my gosh. Did you know yeah. I was going to ask? Is that what happened? This is automatically in the article. Oh, okay. So I didn't even have to do any converting. <laughs> I don't understand kilometers. So don't worry. The so amount of time I Googled north-
0: this summer while I was traveling like X oh kilometers God. to miles. So I could figure out if I was signing up to walk like six miles in yeah. 90% of humidity in Okinawa or just like
1: half a mile so many times. Yeah, no, we... You never... You gotta do that math. So it's north of Munich. Okay. Um, there's a small Bavarian farmstead, and a family lives there. There's Andreas Gruber. He's 63. There's Kazelia Gruber. She's 72. That's his wife. Their widowed daughter lives with them, too. Her name's Victoria Gabriel. She's 35. And then Victoria's two children live with them, too. I will also say... Everyone in this story basically has the same name, which is really confusing. So just prepare. So already, mom and uh, b- her grandchild, same name, Cazillia. And Cazillia, I... the little one, Junior, is seven. That's a wild
0: name, too. Um, uh-huh. When I was doing some, I was like building out the family tree on Ancestry to try and find some information. And my mom's side of the family is both wildly original some people had extremely strange names but also there were six thousand rebecca's and and joseph's just over and over and over again so we really are we can relate to these these german people in that way
1: good it's like i think everyone in germany is required to have at least one joseph in their family i don't know because the baby in this family is joseph and he's two they also, this family has a maid, and her name is Maria Baum Baumgardner, and she's 44. I can't believe they let her live there without being named Victoria or, what was it, Cazalia? Yeah, Cazelia <laughs> Cazelia. <laughs> yeah. All of them are going to be murdered, and the assailants are never going to be found. Super. Yeah. So let's go back. Six months before the attack, the family maid, there was another one. Not Maria. The family made quits because she hears strange sounds in the attic and believe the house is haunted. Strange sounds in the attic. Mm-mm. I, I just, would I would absolutely be dismayed. Oh, for sure. I just read a book where
0: the strange sounds in the attic were actually just a massive carbon monoxide leak, so it was a hallucination, but still the attic was the problem. So see? that's scary. Yikes. Alright. So, six months. So nobody, like, went up there. She was like, I am so distressed what? by the sounds in the attic, I'm quitting. And what's what's our dad's name again? Mr. Uh, Andreas. Andreas wasn't like, "I uh, maybe I should just, like, poke my head up at the top of the stairs and make sure there's not a raccoon running around up there or something.
1: I do feel he is going to go up there in a second. But oh, okay. I do feel like it should have been, like, regular, you know, just, like, more than one check. Not just like peep in there and then you're like, oh, there's nothing there. We're good. I can rationalize a lot of things with the phrase.
0: It's just the house settling. What does it mean to have a house settle? What does that entail? (laughs) What kind of sounds should it be making? I don't know. But
1: I can make myself feel a lot better with just that little phrase. House settling is still unsettling to me though. (laughs) Like it's settling into the foundation. Should it be doing? I don't. I got a lot of questions about that but so she thinks the house is haunted Andreas does uh no I'm skipping ahead Andreas finds a strange newspaper from Munich on the property so it's not like a local paper they're too far away no one they they don't remember anyone buying it and first they just believe that the postman had like lost a newspaper but suspicious days it's like, before it's like yes. a whole newspaper like an intact yeah.
0: newspaper. Okay. yeah
1: yeah i don't know about Just that, like guys mm-hmm. days before the murders andreas tells neighbors that he discovered tracks in the fresh snow that led from the forest to a broken door lock in the farm's machine room but like the steps don't lead away again they only go there come on what are we doing you find that and you're like, hey, guess what I found? But you're not like, I'm going to tear down every... I'm going to find wherever that thing is. Don't... Know, it's so creepy. Tracks in the snow that only go one way into your property. And the broken lock, too, right? Like And the broken... Right. mm I would be like... I would be like boarding up the house... Like, getting getting a whole swarm of people to investigate every inch of that property. You
0: know what? Farmers who live in a remote farm love to have their swarms of people. <laughs> They're like, we. when we moved here, we didn't realize how few swarms of people we would have. So we like to take any opportunity to bring them in.
1: <sighs> okay. Even though, okay, so... Andreas tells a few people about it, but he doesn't report anything to the police, which doesn't really strike me as that odd. Because this is 1922. Well, And it's it's like rural. What exactly would you report to the police?
0: Because it is still like a little nebulous. That strikes me as when people on the Nextdoor app are like, Yeah. Report it to the police. This car that I saw drive through my neighborhood two times a little too slowly. (laughs) And people are like... Could it be the DoorDash guy? Like, what? <laughs> you know, which I did have a DoorDash. I was walking one day and a car started to get really slow behind me. And I started to like pick up the pace. I'm sure I looked tense. And then he leans out the window and he's like, I'm not a creep, I'm just a lost delivery guy.
1: This is okay.
0: And I, I was don't like, know. This is the energy I need people to bring to. Yes. accidental following situations.
1: Yes. Have you seen those on Instagram? Like yes. what to say to yes. when you're passing women? I like yeah, the one that's I like, hi those. Barbie.
0: I love those. This <laughs> was very much like that. He like immediately clocked that he had made me so uncomfortable, um, which I really, should you get his number? <laughs> <We find laughs> God, but- to have the like awareness Very sexy. Well, there was some multitasking there, too, because he was also actively looking for an address. So the fact that while he was looking for an address, he also noticed that he was freaking out this woman.
1: Really, I was impressed. So, again, I think this is a lost connection and we (laughs) got to find him on the internet. Total diversion. But I do have to wonder. It's hard to figure out
0: what exactly they would report to the police that wouldn't end up with the police being like, that Gruber family's losing
1: it. Don't take that. That's true. You're like, (laughs) so there was a newspaper. And it was from Munich. <laughs> and they then... Throw it on the detective's <laughs> desk. Yeah, fair enough. All right, so on the day of the murder, March 31st, 1922, the new maid, Maria Baum- Gardner-, Baum- Gardner, arrives at the farm.
0: Oh, First day! Man. Oh, man.
1: I mostly oh. feel bad for Maria. I mean, the family too, but like Maria mostly. Well, I feel bad
0: for all of them but it's that really unfortunate coincidence that Mm -hmm. um just like oh she was one day away from not dying
1: like next time we all have a first day at work and it's real shitty just remember (laughs) that maria's first day of work was the shittiest oh my gosh uh (laughs) yes
0: all right uh i have to go back really fast because they're all gonna die um who were they telling these weird occurrences to? Do you know? How do we know these? Like, I mean, the maid thing, I assume, was from the maid. And I assume they had friends and stuff. I just didn't know if there was, like, another extended family member or...
1: Not clear. Okay. Um. Yeah. I feel like you're already trying to figure out suspects. N- no, not no? necessarily.
0: I really was just trying to figure out... I'm not even that savvy. I not really was you. just okay. trying to figure out why we know this information
1: oh yeah i would assume it's like i don't know neighbors i don't know was unclear in the article okay so maria arrives that night mom and dad andreas and kazelia their daughter victoria her child and her her daughter kazelia are all lured into the family barn and murdered one at a time now i don't how they know it's like one at a time or that they're like lured like i don't know how they know that
0: well you have to murder them one at a time with an axe i guess how did they
1: get them one? i don't know
0: that does feel like a lot of inference uh-huh determine that they were lured into the barn one at a time and how do you lure a two? She was seven. a, a seven year old into the barn yeah
1: yeah Come here, kid, I got candy. I don't know. They there was one article that said like they thought that the person in the barn was like upsetting the animals to make them make sound and that would drag like lure them in. But again, a seven year old, I'd be like, that ain't my problem. I'm seven. Well, even beyond that, that to me works for the
0: dad. Would it continue to bring everyone else out? I guess if he went out there and disappeared. Oh my god, and the mom's like... And then the animals were all still making noise. You would follow up if you had any sense of courage, whereas I would run the other direction. Be like, I guess dad's gone. Let's lock it up. He was a good dad, and we'll miss him very much.
1: But... (laughs) So they're all lured in, and they're murdered with what's the either a matlock, which is a grub axe, or a pickaxe. And it did belong to the family. This axe.
0: How do they know? If they can't be sure which axe it was, how do they know it
1: belonged to the family? Or
0: were Great they question. killed with a mix of axes? Some of them were killed with a grab axe and some of them were killed with I a pickaxe. I
1: think it's just, uh, they're, dis- they're
0: just like, they're like, it could be this or it could be. Oh, axe. I'm looking at a grab axe. It looks very much like a, a pickaxe. So that's probably why. So that's probably why. But I still don't know how they can be sure it belonged to the family if they can't identify the axe.
1: Good question. Don't know. Okay. Now, the murderer also stacks the bodies one on top of the other in the barn. And then he covers them with hay. I don't like that. Because
0: there's something so... Frenzied associated with an axe murder, but then to take um, the time to stack and cover the bodies,
1: mm mm-hmm. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. yeah, Mm-mm. yeah, yeah, no. I'm with you,
0: yeah, no. I guess he had a lot of time when he was living in their attic all those months to figure out what he was gonna do,
1: mm hmm so four days pass until someone goes to check on them, and the person that goes to check on them is named Lorenz Schlittenbauer and a few he he and a few other men he's the one that's named though so they find the four bodies in the barn stacked up and then they find maria and joseph the maid and the two-year-old in the house the day that after the bodies are discovered a court physician performs the autopsies in the barn what kind of old-timey shit is this you're doing this in the barn this is white year 1922 Yeah, so also in Killers of the
0: Flower Moon, also in the 20s, at one point they do an autopsy in the courtroom in front of all the jurors,
1: so it was wild. It was, there were no rules. I forgot that part. (laughs) Oh my god! Like, also, like, yeah, this case is going to be criticized for, like, the way that the crime scene was handled, like, there are so many people in and out, like, messing up the crime scene, and now they're doing fucking autopsies in the barn, like... It's not going to be great for evidence.
0: Why do you think they made, they tried to get everyone out to the barn if they were just going to go into the house and kill the last two anyway? Was it because they wanted them as many, like narrow it down one at a time? And then they went in Maybe. for the last adult and the baby who wasn't going to be able to do anything? Maybe. Because it's
1: not like they didn't go right. in the house still. So I'm a little bit confused. confused. I mean, I don't, I'm, we're not going to have, we're going to get more confused as this goes. I know. We so. can also, we can add. Unsolved murders to the list of things
0: I don't like. It's like mystery worms, oceans, uh, space.
1: We want answers. Bacteria, yeah, yeah. I'm with you. All right, now if you were upset before, you're gonna get really upset now. <laughs> they so the physician finds as he's doing this autopsy, he finds that the seven year old Kazelia was alive for several hours after the attack oh and he knows this because she pulled out tufts of her hair while she was lying in the straw that's horrible i know that's terrible I that know. poor little girl yeah oh so at first they think that the murders are motivated by robbery mm-hmm. police interrogate traveling craftsmen and vagrants but when they find large amounts of money in the house they abandon the theory
0: they interrogate people before they look in the house for large amounts of money. <laughs> They're not good at this. <laughs> or maybe it was like simultaneous efforts. They were like, "You go check the house. You go immediately find any travelers you can,"
1: and then, and I'm gonna look in the house. And I right, can't call right, you, right? Because we don't have phones yet. It's <laughs> so. 1920. You're like, oh, you wasted all that time talking to vagrants. Guess what, buddy? I mean, There's it was a money still name. in the house. Now, they find evidence that shows the perpetrator or perpetrators had stayed at the farm for several days after the murders. Someone had fed the cattle, ate the entire supply of bread from the kitchen, and took some meat from the pantry.
0: First of all, it's so weird that they fed the cattle. I know. Because if you're like, I just need a place to crash for a few days, it's still very upsetting but i
1: understand eating the food from the kitchen but why would yeah. you feed the cattle could it be do you think the cattle would have started being noisier if they were hungry do you think it's like that to go and on like dejected? alerting people was anyone close
0: enough for that to really I be an know. issue i don't know maybe i don't know also it makes me wonder they just lived in that house with those two bodies and so i do have to wonder why they didn't move the maid and the baby
1: to the Into How much bread do you think they ate? What do you think an entire supply of bread is? (laughs) For me, you're a normal person. For you, a lot of bread. (laughs) So much bread. Uh, I just, this is so upsetting. So I had to focus on like, how much bread did that person eat? Okay, so murder's heaven. They really have no idea who did it. Less than a year after the murders, the farm is completely demolished. So, like, oh, yeah,
0: burn it, salt it. It's
1: nobody should be there anymore. Like, oh, yeah, fuck the investigation. Let's just, like, demolish it. Now, before tearing down the building, they find a pickaxe in the attic of the house. Are these investigators the worst investigators ever? They didn't find that.
0: I don't know because it was the 1920s and like 70 years later the JonBenet Ramsey investigators just ran all over stuff so that's true that's true but pretty close way way up there did they not look in the attic this nobody Uh, nobody in this story is spending enough time staring into the attic and I I think
1: we're seeing a lot of problems there I know I don't like it all right so now like with this there are like you know, investigators are talking to different people, and so now they're, like, getting ideas of who it could be. So an, one night after the murders, an artisan named Michael Palakal—that's definitely wrong. There are so many consonants in this name. It's fine. He passed by the Hinterkafecht to Hinterkafeck, and he notices that the oven has been heated by someone, and the smell is revolting what the fuck is in that oven oh no that person this is so the, when uh one night after the murders one night after the murder but they found all the body it's right and it's not like someone was like missing a fucking ear it's just really bad at cooking <laughs> they ate the entire bread supply because they burnt so many burnt.
0: I, that's right they just <laughs>
1: They just incinerated so much stuff that they had to (laughs) eat the entire bread supply. Oh, God. Um, So the person who's, like, you know, heating this oven, he approaches this Michael guy with a lantern and blinds him with the light and then quickly continues on his way. And they never investigate, like, what was burned in the oven. Well, that's that's all bad. Why did he kill this Michael guy? who is this
0: person i know this horrible person who also stays in the house and feeds the cattle and
1: slaughters entire an entire and family doesn't kill this like what is what is this now the same night i should have put this in order the same night of the murders 3 a.m okay. the farmer and butcher simon Riblonder heads home and sees two mysterious figures at the edge of the forest. When the strangers see him, they turn around so their faces can't be seen. Real casual. Now, five years after the attack, in May uh, 1927, a stranger stops a resident of Wadehofen at midnight, asking questions about the murder before shouting that he is the murderer, and then he runs into the woods and they never yeah. identify the stranger <laughs> that doesn't seem legit <laughs> all right so you ready for questions about that one yeah i would too so we're gonna get into the suspects now there are a lot of them because no one knows who the fuck did this so and at the end you're gonna tell me who you think did it because i really don't know <laughs> You should definitely well, take Lorraine, my word for it. <laughs> Lorraine is gonna solve this murder today, guys. Okay, I'm ready. All right, our first suspect is Carl Gabriel, which is the husband of widowed Victoria Gabriel. Wait, what? So her? Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> he should be dead. <laughs> Maybe I don't know what widowed means. <laughs> right. So so his ghost, no. <laughs> So right, he should be dead, but he's still a ghost. Suspect. Ate the entire bread <laughs> supply. This investigation is so weird that they're like, could it be the dead husband? He is reportedly killed in December 1914 during World War One, but his body is never recovered. So that's leaving this window open for everyone else. Yeah, I don't know. After the murders. People speculate whether he had actually died in the war. Okay. We're going to get into more upsetting things now. Victoria had conceived and given birth to her son, Joseph, in her husband's absence. Ah. The boy is rumored to be the product of an incestuous relationship between Victoria and her father, Andreas. Oh, no. I know. It's documented in court and known throughout the village... And the town finds that Andreas was raping his daughter and convicted them both of incest, which feels unfair. Why is she convicted? She's the victim. So, yeah, not great. Now, the evidence that Carl is still alive is that at the end of World War II, war captives from Schrobenhausen, that region, mm. <laughs> who were released prematurely from Soviet captivity, claimed they had been sent home by a German-speaking Soviet officer who claimed to be the Kfek murderer. But some of the men revised their statements. That reduces their credibility. And then when investigators talked to soldiers who had, you know, been in the same unit, team, group, with Carl. Unit was probably (laughs) your closest squadron. Squad, sure. Squad. They say that they found Carl's or they saw Carl die. Yeah. So, you know. I think also, so
0: really quick though, the little girl was seven. Yeah. He died mm-hmm. eight years before.
1: Uh oh. Uh oh. Are they both not his?
0: I don't know. Cause I was going to say, would he have killed his daughter or would he have like just taken her and killed everyone right. else? But ooh, all of them focus on Joseph. No one talks about her. Ooh, I don't know. Gross. And well, it depends on like how long he was fighting. Cause maybe, maybe, maybe. she got pregnant and then he left like immediately. Right. right. And then he died shortly thereafter.
1: Ew. Okay. No one talked about the daughter. So I'm gonna assume that that was his, but Cazilla, also, yeah, yeah. A second, okay, yeah. That seems like a stretch. I will say, uh huh, a little bit of a reach. It seems odd to be like, oh, everyone thinks I'm dead. I'm gonna go become a Soviet guy and then also break into my home to kill everyone because eight years later, right? And then just like go off into the night. I... So that's your first one. Our second suspect is Lorenz Schlittenbauer. This is the guy who finds the yes. bodies. It's believed shortly after the death of his first wife in 1918, Lorenz had a relationship with Victoria and is the father to Joseph. Well, that's a less upsetting version of that. Right. So. Right. Um, And then there's some theory. I don't know. It's all upsetting. Yes.
0: Well, no. Keep going. I'm sure you're gonna tell me why that would lead to him murdering the entire family, including apparently his
1: son. I'm. Yeah. I don't know if I'm gonna give you all those answers. These are not oh, okay. very good. <laughs> okay. These are not very like ironclad. But <laughs> he comes like a lot of this. I feel like it's just like town talk, right? They're like, for sure, our- it's this guy. So he comes under suspicion by locals early in the investigation because of a couple suspicious actions immediately after the discovery of the bodies. So first he disturbs the bodies at the scene by moving them so they aren't stacked on top of each other. So he's like unstacking them, which... I
0: Why, my man? I mean, the most charitable answers that he didn't know for sure that they were all dead because they didn't actually know how
1: long they'd been out there sure but i feel like probably was pretty clear when another thing that's suspicious when lorenz and his um friends go to investigate the property they break the gate to enter the barn because all the doors are locked okay however immediately after finding the bodies in the barn he unlocks the front door of the house with a key and suspiciously enters the house alone a key to the house had gone missing several days before the murders, but it's possible that Lorenz may have just had a key because he's a, like a neighbor or because he's Victoria's lover. It is pretty bad.
0: I mean, for him to both execute a murder where he manages to take everyone out and then just like open the front door in front of everyone feels like he had the key for normal reasons, right?
1: As opposed to stealing it. Mm-hmm. When his friends asked him why he went into the house alone, when they didn't know if the murderer was still there he says allegedly that he went to look for his son joseph i don't know he also made several strange comments that continued to make locals suspicious of him for years once in 1925 um, he's found visiting the demolished property and when he's asked why he's there he says that the perpetrator's attempt to bury the family's remains in the barn had been hindered by the frozen ground And this is seen as evidence that Lorenz had intimate knowledge of the conditions of the ground at the time of the murders. My main thing is that's a really weird fucking answer if you're like, why are you here? (laughs) It's not an answer (laughs) at all, my dude.
0: Okay, let's say that he was the father of Joseph, but not the murderer. That actually would be a reason he unstacked the bodies. I guess, yeah. he's looking for the baby, he doesn't find it. So he goes into the house to look for
1: the baby. That makes way more sense than he's the murderer. It does to me. Because, yeah, Lorenz doesn't make sense to me because, like, he lives there. Why would you live there and out? eat all their bread supply? Wouldn't someone else be suspicious when it's like, hey, where's Lorenz? I haven't seen him in a couple of days. Yeah. And even lurking
0: at the site, it yeah. is like if he is just traumatized and racked by grief by the whole thing, a lot of weird behavior becomes accounted for.
1: Right. Yeah so yeah um the another theory with him is that he murdered the family after victoria demanded financial support for joseph but it's like why do the whole family dude yeah seems like an overreaction so now we have the gump brothers adolf gump yes
0: well, my last thought on Lawrence is, like, the conspiracy theory can't have it both ways. He can't both have murdered the family to avoid claiming his son and then actively claim his son immediately
1: yeah. at the crime scene. Yeah. Just saying. <laughs> All right. So Adolf Gump is listed as a suspect in early April due to his connections in a voluntary paramilitary organization that fought communist and Polish insurgents. So is this the first the, person? Are you ready? Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. You ready for this mispronouncement? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Okay. The free corps Oberland.
0: Okay. Can't be right. I think it was perfect. <laughs> is this the first person that actually was a police suspect in our list Probably. so far? Okay. I think
1: so. Yeah, okay. list is as yeah, I think so. But I'm like, he's listed as a suspect because he's in this organization. Like what? I don't how's that make sense? In 1951. Prosecutor Andreas, another Andreas, Pop, investigated both Adolf and his brother Anton Anton, for the murders at Hinterkaifeck because their sister, Jesus Christ, their sister, Chrysantia Chrysantia Mayer. Beautiful. I'm going to use that. <laughs> Claimed on her deathbed that Adolf and Anton had committed the murders. I got to say. If you're the sister and you're on your deathbed, it could be like a really cool deathbed confession or just a really great last prank to play on your brothers. I'm just saying. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I'm going to get the last laugh, motherfuckers. (laughs) So as a result of this claim, Anton is remanded to police custody, but Adolf had already died in 1944. But then in 1954... Anton is dismissed again, and the case is discontinued because he couldn't be proven to have participated in the crime. So they're out. It's a pr- pretty good reason to let him go. Yeah. No yeah. proof. Yeah. <laughs> good reason. i <laughs> <Stand> behind that. <laughs> now, we have a couple other suspects. Of course. In 1971, a woman named Therese T. No last name. Classified information, I guess. She writes a letter about an event during her childhood. So when she was 12, she witnessed the mother of brothers Carl and Andreas, another fucking Andreas S, visit her un Hold on, I'm confusing myself. So the mother of Carl and Andreas visit the 12-year-old's mother, Teresa's mother. Uh-huh. The brother's mother claims that her sons because there's too many moms in this I story. Know. Too many moms. <laughs> Carlene Andreas' mom claims that her sons were the murderers and that Andreas lost his penknife during the murder. When the farm was demolished in 1923, a pocket knife was found that could not be clearly assigned to anyone. So that's the quote-unquote proof.
0: I mean, two people maybe makes more sense than one person yeah. to kill all those people and eat all that bread. And... There were those two people at the edge of the forest, although that seemed pretty thin to me. It definitely feels like, you know, when there's something like this with no clear evidence, you start grabbing at every tiny weird thing that happened. Yeah. And so you're like, I saw two people by the woods and they didn't want me to look at their faces.
1: Yeah. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Okay. So now we have another suspect, Peter Weber. And he's named a suspect by a Joseph Betts. They worked together in the winter of 1919 to 1920 as laborers, and they shared a room. According to Joseph, Peter spoke about a remote farm, Hinterkafeck, and he knew that only one old couple lived there with their daughters and her two children. It's likely he knew about the incest between Gruber and his daughter, and Joseph testified that Peter had suggested killing the old man to get the family's money. But, like, the money wasn't taken, so... Yeah, why did he know so much about them? I mean, I do. I did read that, like, especially the incest thing made them kind of infamous in the oh, area. Okay. okay. Like, they were definitely talked about in town. Okay. So, if he was just familiar with the area, he probably would have been familiar with them. But yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Now
0: we have. I also um, think if you're a guy with an axe who kills the man on the farm you probably don't Mm -hmm. have to kill all the women and children to take the money that you want no this doesn't probably just wave the axe around and tell them you're taking all the money that you want and you just killed the man on the farm right like you don't need to do all that
1: a lot of extra work now we are at the suspects the bitchler brothers and george siegel (laughs) I don't see how any other way you can say it. It's B-I-C-H-E, nope, B-I-C-H-L-E-R. With the
0: success of The Golden Bachelor, The Bachelor is coming to ABC (laughs) next year. It's a dog dating show.
1: Okay. I can can do this. (laughs) I would watch that. (laughs) All right. The former maid. So this is the one that left. Zenz Rieger worked from November 1920 to September 1921 at Hinterkafeck. And she suspects the brothers Anton, another Anton, and Carl Bichler, they, she thinks they committed the murders. Now, Anton had helped with the potato harvest at the farm, and he knew the premises. Premises, And Krasenz says Anton talked to her often about the Gruber and Gabriel family and reported, reportedly suggested they ought to be dead. Krizenz also emphasized in her interview with police that the farm dog who barked at everyone never barked at Anton. Mm. Which, creepy. She also reported that she spoke with a stranger through her window at night. And she, like, girl, you're hearing shit in the attic. You're talking to strangers through the window. Okay, then. (laughs) She believes the stranger was Carl Bichler, Anton's brother. And she thinks that Carl, Anton, and George Siegel worked together to commit the murders. Now, George knew of the family fortune and supposedly had broken into the home in November of 20- 1920 and stole some I- items, even though he denied it.
0: But the family fortune was all still there, right. presumably, unless it was way, way, like, more
1: money than you can carry. Just take right. what you can. Mm-hmm. George did say that he had carved the handle of the murder weapon, so that axe, um, and he knew where the tool would be kept. So that's another quote-unquote piece of evidence that Was they it carved, them.
0: the pickaxe that they found? I mean, he carved it? Like, they, he created the so axe? Like some I don't of them, understand that claim. Some
1: of them said, oh, the murder weapon was never found, and then some of them were like, there's a pickaxe in the attic. So it's like, <laughs> what is happening? I don't know. What's happening is this was 100 years ago, so... Yeah, that is what's happening. Now we have another suspect, the Thaler brothers. Another statement by the maid, Krasens, brings two more suspects into play. It's These brothers had already committed several minor burglaries burglaries in the area before the crime, and Krasens says that Joseph Thaler, another Joseph, stood at her window at night. So again, we're back to the window, stranger. I'm like, girl, get your story straight. Is it Joseph or is it the other dude? She
0: had a window on either side. And actually,
1: (laughs) strange men used to come up to both and whisper at her. Oh, that makes me feel so icky. Yeah. So she says that Joseph Thaler stood at her window at night and asked her questions about the family, but she gave no answer. Okay. In conversation, Joseph claimed to know which family member slept in each room and said they had a lot of money. But again, the money was still in the house. And it's not like they were in a hurry. They lived there for like three days, whoever yeah. did it. Yeah. All right. Here's my my last suspect. Author Bill James, in his book, The Man from the Train, alleges that a man known as Paul Mueller may have been responsible for the murders. I thought you were saying author Bill James was your last
0: suspect.
1: <laughs> Sorry, Paul. That now? would be incredible. Can you imagine writing a book, trying to like piece together this ster- serial killer, and then it's just him? <laughs> like, what a misdirection! What a know? misdirection. So Paul Mueller was a serial killer, active in the late 1800s and early 1900s. He operated in North America and killed a minimum of 59 people and Whoa. possibly over a hundred. Mueller is suspected to be responsible for the Velisca axe murders. Where in 1912, a family of six and two house guests were bludgeoned to death with an axe in their home. Mueller is also the only suspect of an 1897 murder of a family near West Brookfield, Massachusetts, where he had been employed as a farmhand. Do you want to know how they connected all of his murders? Like his, like, M.O. or whatever? Yeah. It was killing people with axes, right? <laughs> That's <M>. one. <laughs> That's one. Um... All of the murders were, like, a short walk from a railroad junction. Okay. Um, They were always, like, slaughters, like, slaughtering an entire family in the middle of the night in small towns. Okay. He also, like, this is upsetting to me. For the axe, he would use the blunt edge of the axe Just as the it, murder as weapon. As cruel as humanly possible. Yeah. And then he'd leave the axe in plain sight. He covered the victims with sheets or blankets prior to the murders, so I guess like for blood splatter. Wait, so one when... Right, so they he... they just all laid down so he could cover them up. I'm imagining he's like, "Let's play a fun game. You're a ghost. Go!" Cool. And then,
0: sure, stranger who wandered in from the railway, I would love to play a fun game with you <laughs> in the middle of the night. I mean, I, I guess if he sheet. was doing like a hostage thing. I guess. But I
1: mean, it's baffling to think anyone could murder an entire fam like family. In yeah. Go. I don't yeah. know. No, you're right. That's true. And then he would move the bodies and stack them up. Okay. And he would cover the windows from inside the house with sheets or towels. And there was an absence of robbery, so like cash, jewelry were undisturbed at the scenes. So there are some similarities. I guess
0: my biggest question is, why was he in Germany? Because the M.O. has some really good matches, but everyone else he murdered was in America, right? So Paul is from Germany. Okay.
1: Goes to America. Kills a bunch of people. Uh-huh. And Bill, what's his name? James. The Bill James thinks that when he's getting more attention for his crimes. He goes back Heath to Germany. He goes back to Germany. Okay. That's his it. theory. Um, so yeah, there are some similarities, but there's also like some not there. Like Is there any so evidence of him having been in Germany
0: as far as like we know he traveled back to Germany in 1919 or anything like that that Bill James mentioned?
1: I didn't read that. That's fine. Okay. But also, I don't know. Doesn't mean that it's not true. Now so that's those are the suspects. Do you got any favorites? Yeah. So my theory is actually the
0: first maid. Uh what's her name again? Oh Jesus. chris That's Krizenz. <laughs>
1: Krizenz. There's so many Z's in that
0: the name. The fact that she cast suspicion on multiple people is really weird. She's the one like... that left. She left. And so I think she had a boyfriend, a husband, a brother, some partner, because I do think the odds of a woman killing, like an ax is not a good weapon for a woman. I don't think just because you would have to be so it feels like the dad would go out there and could potentially overpower her before she could actually mortally wound him. Right. So I think probably there's a man somewhere in here. Mm. So I think she had the partner and maybe even she, maybe he even was in the attic. And so she had him, she complained about the weird noises. She was planting all of these things. It would be easy for her to do like the newspaper and the footprints, like to start and make them feel oh my goodness! this needs to be the movie. And then she has her accomplice and together they kill the whole family, kill the new maid, kill the baby, spend like three days living in the house together. Now, I don't know. Why? I that's the big question i don't have to have a motive to get a defendant prosecuted so i don't think um, there's like a
1: good reason why anyone would do this so i don't think
0: so weird that all the money was there because that would be like she had lived with them she knew where they kept stuff how rich they were what they had going on so to me the fact that the money is still there really throws a wrench in all of my theories and does make someone like a paul Mueller who is truly just a He's just monster killing for sport seem like the answer. Yeah. But because even if you're
1: like, I'm really motivated by bread, you'd still take that cash, baby. To buy more bread. (laughs) Right. Um. (laughs) But yeah, I just think it's super weird
0: that she told those stories about the brothers, even perhaps when maybe she was working with one of the two groups that she blamed and felt Mm. like she needed to save herself.
1: I love it. All right. So now I'm going to give you one more like modern theory that they have. And then we'll talk about ax murders in general. So in 2007, 15 students of the police academy in Hurston Feldbrook examined the case using modern criminal investigation techniques. And in their final report, they criticized the lack of professional forensics. The, they didn't collect fingerprints, what which was a common practice. I was going to ask if they could. Yeah, so they criticized them for that. But even though, like, it's almost certain that we're never going to identify the murderers now, all fifteen students independently agreed on who the main suspect in the case was, but they did not disclose the name out of consideration of his descendants. Okay, I I can appreciate not but wanting I mean, to. It call someone out like that i want to know Ooh, that's so frustrating i think i'm gonna go become a student of the police academy here and then like figure out like that'll be my mystery good. that I, I uncover good so if we're looking at axe murders in general i'm gonna tell you about just a couple more um that are popular so we have of course lizzie Borden. Um, On August 4th, 1892, Lizzie found her father dead on the family's couch. He had been struck with a hatchet-like weapon 10 or 11 times. And soon after, they found Abby Borden, Lizzie's stepmother, in the upstairs bedroom, murdered similarly. The police immediately suspected Lizzie because of her unclear and contradictory answers to their questions. There wasn't much hard evidence linking her, but she went to trial for the murders. They brought in both... This is just, gosh, 1892... They brought in both Andrew and Abby's skulls for evidence, and then Lizzie fainted. And this, like, convinced the jury that, oh, she could not have done this. She fainted. After 90 minutes of deliberation, the jury found her not guilty. That's so quick. I know. The faint... Look, ladies, you want to get out of something? Try fainting. It worked for Lizzie. You don't think there was, like, additional lack of evidence? Probably. (laughs) (laughs) Probably. But... I like to think it was all about fainting. fainting. Then we is, have is yes. there an alternate
0: suspect in the Lizzie Borden case that's Not like that I prominent? Read. Okay.
1: Not that I read based on the one article that I read. I was read. just curious. <laughs> Thank you for your honesty. <laughs> Not based on the Wikipedia. No, no. <laughs> then we have the Axeman of New Orleans from 1918 to 1919 and in- Unidentified serial killer was active in New Orleans and named the Axeman of New Orleans. What was the usually, range? I'm sorry. Uh, it was like one year. Wait, what was the year though? Oh, 1918 to 1919. Could that have been Paul Mueller? He, well, I'll tell you what he did. And it sounds a oh, little okay. bit. Okay. There are similarities, but it sounds a little bit different. So usually victims were attacked with an axe, which often belonged to the victims. He would remove the panel on a back door of the, of the home with a chisel and then attacked one or more of the residents with either an axe or straight razor. And I think this guy didn't necessarily kill all of the family. Oh, okay. Like, okay. I think this one was like he was out for women, mostly. And Great. sometimes the man would be fine. Um, And most of the victims were Italian immigrants or Italian Americans, which makes some believe that it's ethnically motivated. Sure. Some even go so far as to say that the mafia is involved, but there's like no evidence. This is that.
0: pretty this feels pretty like slapdash and messy for the mafia. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> um, this one was also like our Hinter K murders not motivated by robbery. Some some say that um there was like a note found and some say that it was uh he murdered people. Because of jazz. Yeah. So if he heard jazz music being played in the house, he wouldn't murder them. <laughs> oh, he was pro jazz. Right. He wanted everyone to get in. The That's jazz right. The scene. Jazz
0: turns you evil. So, okay. Right. So, were people just cranking the jazz all the time? I would be constantly playing it. It's like when Golden State Killer people used to booby trap their houses with cans and stuff. So, for this guy, they would booby trap like a record player. So, if he opened the door, it would just start playing jazz.
1: Yeah, like, like, okay. You know, those like pianos that just play by themselves, but do that with like a trumpet.
0: Oh, a player (laughs) trumpet. I don't know how that would work. I don't either, but I like to have like a fan set up to blow air into it and somehow embouchure
1: and then the finger part seems I'm complicated the ideas, but i girl. like it <laughs> now how anxious do we really need to be here's the thing here's my stance before i give you some numbers axe murder is old timey all of these are like really pretty much really old um you don't see axe murders like you used to and like we if you, I feel like if you did a poll, like hey, do you have an axe? A lot of people would say no, but I do have a gun. So the Probably FBI more collect-
0: rural areas they still That's have true.
1: axes, but I agree with you. Just stay out of rural areas. Easy, city folk aren't going to have axes. <laughs> That'd be really upsetting. Now the FBI collected data on weapons used in thirteen thousand nine hundred and twenty-two homicides across the U.S. in two thousand nineteen. 10,258 of the homicides were committed using a firearm. Yeah. And 1,476 were committed using knives or cutting instruments, which I am putting axes in that category. That's probably true. Although they're really blunt force. I was, the blunt force was about the same number. So I didn't know which one it should go in. But yeah. And that's like the blunt force objects is like a bunch of different objects. So. Yeah. Your chances i feel like are very low yeah i think they're probably gonna get murdered we've said this again we'll say it forever and ever probably gonna get murdered by your husband he's probably gonna use a gun friends and family yep it's either either the
0: spouse or the best friend or the best friend sometimes occasionally the children or the parents (laughs) really anyone you're close to just anyone you love um that was really interesting it's really frustrating
1: those 100 year old cold cases but fascinating yeah so uh what is making you anxious this week Lauren it was kind
0: of a just one of those weeks you know just like an off a little bit of an off week like work was kind of crazy which I actually like I function best professionally one step away from panic that's my like peak performance, peak productivity is a, almost too much work, like one step away from too much to do, which isn't ideal because it really takes just a slight breeze to knock me into overwhelm, but, but it was just kind of crazy. And so I was a little bit all over the place. Like I kept, there was a couple of days where I kept opening messages um, and not sending them. So I did it with I did it with an email, like I wrote an email and thought I sent it. And then like an hour later realized it was still in my drafts folder. I was like, I hate it when I do that. And then I entered a bug request for a website. And I closed a window on point and there was the web browser still open. I hadn't clicked create to actually submit the bug request, but the worst one is I typed an instant message and didn't realize until the next morning that I hadn't actually replied to the person who asked me a question. And when I apologized to her later, she was like, well, you were in a meeting. And I was like, that's true. I wasn't. meeting. <laughs> but it was just kind of that's where my brain was at and then i had to call Verizon again to fix the oh phone gosh. bill again and then at one point i opened the refrigerator and a bottle a glass bottle of rice uh rice wine vinegar just jumped out at me and shattered on the floor and the house smelled really weird for like 24 hours and so it was nothing major but it was just like a lot of little things yeah putting me on the edge this week
1: yeah, I don't like that. Also, is rice wine vinegar supposed to go in the fridge? I don't know. I probably put too much in the <laughs> fridge,
0: but I always like, figure, oh shit! I always figure it's not going to ruin something to have it right. in the fridge, so I might as well just last put longer. it in there. Okay. In my fridge, when it falls out on the floor.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's I don't like those kinds of weeks.
0: And it's getting darker earlier, which may also be it's not unrelated. So.
1: Fair enough. What about you? Well, if you thought this week I was going to just like somehow be fixed from all my existential dread, you were wrong. Um, I definitely thought that. Yeah, I just knew it. Um, No, this week was another bad week. Mm, I'm sorry. I cried a lot at work, which Mm. and in front of people, which I don't love. That's the worst. But it's just like everything is so just at the surf. Like it doesn't it was just everything was at the surface level that like it didn't take much to just like break me i didn't cry in front of children which felt like a real wind thought i was going to for a little bit but um yeah on tuesday i had a student another student say that a kid in class had a gun in their bag and so i called down i'm like hey this is what's happening no one comes for at least five minutes and I'm like, what the fuck is happening? And like, look, and these administrators are known to not show up mm. when you call. But I'm like, if you say gun, you better be at my fucking door assess as you can fuck. Even if it's like a joke. Like, right. I think he said immediately after, <laughs> he was like, oh, I'm kidding. I'm like, I do not care. You are going to be treated like this is real. So then the administrator calls me back and he's like, so did you have a visual on the weapon? It's so crazy. I said no. But it, like, even if it, I don't see it, and even if he says it's a joke, this should be taken seriously. And they need to know that this is not okay. This is not an okay thing to say. Right. And as I'm telling him this, he's telling someone else exactly what I'm saying. I'm like, I'm sorry. What is happening? Like, I feel absolutely fucking crazy right now because you guys are acting like this is not serious. Yeah. They come up, they get the students, they're fucking pissed, especially the girl who's accused, who did nothing wrong, right? But I'm like, look, he said it was you, they have to take this seriously. So they take them, they search their shit, the administrator calls me back, and he's like, yeah, so we did a search, we didn't find anything, Uh, we were calling home, Uh, but yeah, they're on their way back to your class, and everything's fine, and I was like... Oh, they're just coming back. Like, you didn't ask me if they should come back to class. The girl was so pissed at me. She was like, get out of my way. Like, so fucking angry because she assumes that it's my fault instead of this fucking asshole boy's fault. Right. The boy comes back and he's like, that was so funny. I said, that was funny because you just made her day awful. Yeah. He told me that she like cried when she went down (sighs) there. I was like, you made her cry do you think that's funny? So that was Tuesday. And then on Wednesday, another kid in a different class said that a kid had a gun in their bag. So I called down again. And this, like right before this, the administrator, my, like the department chair, Told him, like, you have to go talk, go talk to Catherine. Like, this is not okay. So he stops in during class. He's like, Hey, I just want to check in. I'm like, fuck you. I'm like, I was just unclear like why you would call me back when I said that there was potentially a weapon. Right. Like I didn't understand that. And he's like, well, you know, it depends how we respond based on if there's a visual or not. That's so crazy. And like it should be taken seriously. Regardless, like that's what happened last year. They're like, oh, if they say it's a joke, no big deal. Because, at
0: minimum, you know, worst case scenario, they say it's a joke because it's not a joke. And they, best case, but also that's like, that's not the joke culture you want to foster. So, at minimum, they have to treat it like it's serious so that the kids will stop fooling around in that way.
1: Right. Search their fucking bag call home. Like, I don't know, get a call. Co- like I don't this time. So he had that conversation with me. Then kid claims that call down again. He doesn't even search their bags this time. He just takes them outside in the hall, has a conversation with them. They're back five minutes later. I'm like, this is absolutely ridiculous. And then everything's on the surface. Cause I'm like, at a certain point I'm signing on to be treated like this. Like, I knew how bad teaching was. I knew that there would be things. But at a certain point, I am signing on that I'm going to be treated this way. Right. And so I'm just like, there's just like, there's going to be a question in my head of like, how do I get out? hmm And that's fine. I, I was very dep- I was very depressed, like, Tuesday through Thursday. And then it kind of lifted on Friday. But like, fuck, man. So, Yeah. I'm having a good time. Friday was I started, better, so hopefully it'll keep getting better. But I just
0: started combing like all the content writing jobs that LinkedIn sends me to try and figure out which of those we could <clears throat> spend your writing and teaching requirements to. Weirdly, it sends me a lot of marketing copy. And I'm like, I didn't write marketing copies. So I don't know how they think I have five years of marketing. <laughs> copy experience. <laughs> i never claimed
1: to work in marketing. Yeah. So just that's a lot terrible. of that. I'm sorry. Please. Thank you. Please tell me um something that's bringing you joy. Okay. I will tell you because
0: so it's, it's not the present, but it's related to, so you sent me this lovely mug for my birthday. Catherine sent me this mug that has my pet's faces on it. It's perfect. It's the best mug and it alone is bringing me a lot of joy. But the thing that really tickled me was that you told me that they didn't like the first pictures you'd sent. So you had (laughs) like a week before I'd gotten a text message that was like, Hey, I have this idea for podcast, social media. Can you send me some pictures of your pets? And I went to do it and I just got like, I, I was out of control. I couldn't narrow it down. And so I said, sent-
1: I was like, this is great.
0: <laughs> so I really, it was to the point where it really became clear that I should be the type of person who has a mug with her pet's faces on it. Cause I sent like two dozen pictures to Catherine of my pets. And even at the time I was like, this is probably too many pictures. I don't know how many she needs. And then when I found out that it was actually just like birthday present subterfuge you were doing, <laughs> um, I was like, Oh, it makes me laugh even more that you asked for pictures and received like 25 pictures of the cat and the dog when this is what it was for. And so just remembering the way you went about it and how very many pictures I sent you really <laughs> brought me a lot of joy this week. And then another thing happened, which is that one of my friends texted me and was like, Your present's late because I accidentally mailed it to myself using the post office kiosk. <laughs> so it'll be there in a I few am days.
1: Always worried about that.
0: And it felt highly relatable. It was- Entirely, I think I would do, and also that became part of the gift in itself. That story. So those were the things that really just made me laugh this week as I thought about them.
1: It took so long for those pictures to load in that text message. Like (laughs) so long. (laughs) (laughs) I I was was like, I can wait (laughs) so
0: hard. (laughs) Amazing!
1: That's really incredible. Uh,
0: What is bringing you joy this week?
1: Okay, one is Michelle Butel. I saw her. She was hilarious. Just being in her presence is... Ugh. It's just very... It was a good way to end the week. Nice. Um, laughing with her. And also, like, might as well shout out her podcast because I listened to... That also brings me joy. I just want to be her friend and, like, listen to all of her thoughts. So, listen to Adulting if you want Um, joy. And also... Um, during this episode, I had a really hard time saying a word and it was, I started cry laughing because it just, I don't know what was wrong with my brain, but that really was like, oh, this is nice. <laughs>
0: Brought me a lot of joy too. So I'm glad you said <laughs> that because I was also crying. And I certainly wasn't helping because every time you would try to do it again and get close, I would preemptively start laughing. If you've ever watched the bloopers from a television show and wondered why those people were having such a hard time, you're like, surely they're milking it. It's not that I get it now. It's very difficult. It was it was really joyful. We're weeping. We're yeah.
1: I'm never saying that word again.
0: <laughs> Yeah, that was really great. So, do you have another stand up show next weekend? I do. Who are you I seeing this weekend?
1: Next weekend is Jared Freed. So exciting. I'm very
0: excited. I'm so jealous of all the stand ups that are coming through Seattle. There's a lot. And it's I don't. So
1: cool. Yeah, I'm really excited. That's you got gonna... tickets to Rabiglia too, right? Fuck yeah, I did. So fun. Yeah. yeah, there's too many. I'm like, you can't, you got to stop buying comedy Mm-mm. show tickets. Mm mm why i don't know it's gonna be the only thing that gets me through this year probably
0: it's not the worst it's not cocaine that is true which actually would probably be a bad choice for For us the
1: issues that you're having in particular that are like (laughs) making you edgy (laughs) and anxious i just like start going around like screaming at children now (laughs) (laughs) they don't joke about anything in your class anymore (laughs) oh god the world can be a scary place don't forget to take a deep breath thanks so much for listening if you liked what you heard make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode and follow us on
0: instagram and twitter at the underscore anxiety pod we'll talk to you next week